joy to see a gathering of uh, devotees and bhaktas. <laughs> it is so invigorating. Um, yes. So when we uh, think about Shirabindo, we normally, uh, I am, he is ultimate, but I am speaking of think about in, in a certain uh, sense of spiritual philosophy, we think about Vedanta and we talk about Vedanta and we compare it uh, from different standpoints of Vedanta. But actually, if you really see Shirobindo very, very even impersonally, unbiased, you will see in him a Shakta who has loved and worshipped the mother. Right from beginning. It's not 1914 is uh, a culmination, but much before that. So one of his first writings when he comes to the stage of Indian nationalism, we see is Bhavani Bharati. And the mantra that he uses to invigorate India is Bande Matram. And during the journey, how does he, I'm just quickly narrating this part. How does he come to a close when he knows that yes, the large lines for independence have been laid down, India has awakened. When he awakens, uh, through Durga Strot, the guardian deity of India. And uh, he says that very beautifully, if we look at his writings, that when will India regain unity? What are the means for regaining unity? And there he says that when we all begin to see uh, India as the mother, he says we may have divisions between ourselves. <laughs> but can we have differences with regard to the mother? So, as a true worshipper of the mother and some of his aphorisms later on are so meaningful. I'll just recount a few. We all know about Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. What does Shirobindo say? He says, Kali is Krishna revealed in his dreadful power. Who can uh, bear Krishna? He whom Kali, who can bear the onrush of Kali? He whom Krishna already possesses. Another aphorism where he says, When I knew that God is a woman, then I knew something from far off about love. But when I became a woman and worshipped and served him as my paramour and beloved, that then I knew about love in the true way. All these are aphorisms of Shurabindu. And this particular last one, Mother has given a very... She said, oh, when did he write it? <laughs> when I knew God is a woman. But when I became a woman, just see how Shirobindu is writing. And many of his aphorisms, especially those with Krishna, wherever there is Krishna in Shirobindu, there is Kali. Even when he says, when will this world become perfect? When each uh, man and a boy and a girl will be like Krishna and Kali. So please, when... Women assume the form of Kali. Please worship. Don't get annoyed. Don't get uh, disturbed. Yes. Because uh, Kali, she is also the Divine Mother. This is something very fascinating. Even his uh, poems, Krishna and Kali, the dance of Krishna and Kali. So, before we speak about coming in inner contact with the Mother, I think uh, just as uh, before we know about Parabrahman, because we can't know, he's the unknowable. So people say, if we can't know, how are we going to know? So Shirobindu says, we, we can know or know him through his manifestations. So before we can know about the Divine Mother, there is a long journey and the Mother herself speaks about it. That one comes to me after a long journey and she doesn't say what that long journey is, but my own feeling is, one of them is worshipping the feminine in creation. So we should understand that it's not just about worshipping the Divine Mother and concentrating on her, but mistreating the feminine element in creation. She will not uh, appreciate that. Because uh, when we look at all the four aspects, we'll come to it a little later. When Swami Vivekananda was asked, what is uh, true Tantra? He says that to, love, uh, to worship all women is Tantra. That is a true Tantra. Because feminine represents something of the Divine Mother. This, you, we can get a little glimpse. 
It's not that men are useless because Shurabindo thankfully said, well, to worship all beings is true Tantra as the Divine Mother. Because we see it in Katopanishad very beautifully when Nachiketa is looking for, I mean, we too also have hope. Okay, so <laughs> when, but it's important to set the clock right. One of the things that Shurabindo has done is set the clock right because all the time we hear about Purusha, Purusha, Purusha. But he suddenly puts forward Shakti. Even when he comes to Pondicherry, we see 1926, when Divine Mother comes, he hands over the charge to her, steps into the background. 1950, again, he hands over the charge to the mother, further, and he steps into the background. And what is the gift that he gives to us? Savitri. I think it's unique in the history of spiritual literature and where we read about, you know, the great uh, beings, embodied beings. Of course, there is Durga, Shaptashati and other, but embodiment, Savitri as an embodiment of the Divine Mother. So he has put the feminine in the front and I think it is part of a journey to understand that what really this eternal feminine is. So this is how, um, and Mother has been so... So many examples where people who were devotees of Durga and suddenly she saw and saw Durga behind them. So there is a journey through which we arrive at that point where we recognize the mother as divine. And actually if we go through their writings, yoga in its real sense begins there. When mother was asked, what do you mean when you say that I have initiated someone? She says, when I say I have initiated someone, it means that I have revealed myself to the person. This is a strange revelation. It's not based on any mental idea. Mental ideas, born in France, mental ideas, how can a woman, somebody had told, must have told this and mother had made some comment about it, that... Uh, Someone, I don't know whose name it is, but in India who remarked that an avatar can never come as a woman. <laughs> she says that it is so strange because in India, it's the unique place where the feminine has been worshipped. Nowhere else. Everywhere else there is fatherland. Everywhere else this is father. Our father who are in heaven. Our father who has made this creation. But this is unique where we have worshipped the Divine Mother as even greater than all the Purushas, all the gods, goddesses who have come out of her. So this is something very beautiful and this is a great legacy we must reclaim and one of the things that Shurabindu does by putting the Divine Mother in forefront, of course, because all creation has to be only with her consent. Withdrawal may be. Withdrawal also is with her consent. We see in uh, the world stair when Ashupati stands on the doors of the overmind and there he has a vision of Kali and she, of course, uh, he doesn't use the word Kali as Mahamaya. She opens the doors and says all the three worlds you can pass beyond if you wish to and he simply falls down at her feet unconscious prone, surrenders completely. All new creation has to be through the mother. It cannot be otherwise. Just and in physical, uh, our material world also, we see the same symbol. All birth is through the mother. It's the same truth which is being revealed here. The Purushaya element is there, but he is behind. But all the things, manifestation is the Divine Mother. We see in, in life also the same thing. What happens is uh, men, the masculine element organizes the conference, writes, sends leaflets, broad lines. <laughs> All organization from the food that one has to eat, from the little details and everything. You see the feminine. So first thing we must learn is to respect this feminine element in creation and see something of her everywhere. So when Nachiketa asks Yama, Tell me the secret of immortality. One of the signs he gives is 
Look into your heart, not exact words, but look into your heart. There is Aditi seated in the heart. This is what thou seekest. If you find her, you have the immortality, secret of immortality. So the mother says, I reveal myself when I say initiated someone. When Shurabindu was asked that since you and the mother are one and the same, if I turn only to you, it means I will receive from you and the mother both. Logical mind is fantastic. Huh? And if I turn to the mother only, it means I will receive from the mother and Shurabindu both. What should be the logical answer? Yes. Shurabindu says the mother proposition is true. If you turn only to the mother, you receive from both. But if somebody says that one has turned only to me and not to the mother, that means he has not turned really to me, he is not open to me. Because he himself is saying, <laughs> turn to the mother, you will receive everything from her. And he further goes on to say that uh, there is, uh, I mean, nothing like a separate Shurabindu's force. Or if you want to put it, you can say the mother is Shurabindu's force. In 1927, when the mother is installed, he writes, I am the Shakti of Shurabindu on behalf of the mother. So, this is the importance in this yoga, tremendous importance. One may have read everything, but if this inner revelation, and there is no way, this cannot be convinced to anyone. One cannot convince that the mother is divine. You may talk about any amount of miracles, any amount of things, but that's not the way. She will reveal, that's what she says. I will reveal myself. Don't try to force. Can we, we are not a religion proselytizing people. But when the time comes, the revelation will take place. That's how the yoga begins in the real sense. Up till then, there is a preparation which has its own place. And that's why we see Shurabindu never took uh, uh, disciples in the sense of the disciples until the mother consented. There were people around him and Amrita asked him once, that sir, she is a great yogi, isn't it? Shubhita says, yes, she is a very great yogi. But she doesn't give meditations. Mother used to remain largely in her own room. She would come, teach people by example how to sit before Shurabindo. She would sit on the floor. That's how people started sitting on the floor. Otherwise they would gather around as if there is a round table conference going on. People would put their feet in front once, all kinds of things. Mother taught how to be in front of Shurabindo. And uh, some of her examples are so beautiful. She would clean, sweep, everything. But she would always remain in the background. She would never let anyone know who she is. And Amrita recounts that in the beginning, some of the days when he would sit with her and they would read, Yoga and its objects, the mother would be seated here and he would be seated here. <laughs> he said, if somebody saw, he would think they are two, uh, you know, like colleagues who are reading together. Just like Krishna, that story reminded me of Krishna and Arjun. I thought you are my friend. What is all this Vishwarup you are showing? <laughs> so that's how she taught true humility, what service means. What really it means to love the divine, what it means to adore, admire, respect the divine, what it means to be humble before the divine, all this with her own example. So, then 1926 we know, she agreed and Shobindu says that to Amrita that yes, she is indeed very great, but he, she doesn't give meditation, Amrita is complaining. She says yes, but one day impelled by the divine love, she will step out for work, that indeed will be a very great day. So there is this unsaid part of 24th November 1926. See, it is always beautiful when we read Mother and Shubhita, there are things they have not said. And it's a joy. It's like a mystery. You are <laughs> looking. Now, see here, it's very interesting. Krishna descends, all this we know, over mind, the lectures and talks. But Shurabindo places the mother in the forefront. This is not something he announces. 
he just withdraws and the mother says this in one of her reminiscences and agenda it was the beginning of the mother she doesn't say that what must have transpired obviously she said i am going to take charge now where is this it is in between the lines where is it in between the lines she makes an overmind creation comes and gives it to shirvindo he says no 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 this is not what we want it will create a great religion nothing short of the supermind and so she goes and starts that preparation so automatically she takes charge of all the disciples and from that time onwards and we know what happened people who could not accept this new arrangement motilal roy he couldn't stand because he thought he is going to be the successor of shirobindo <laughs> and then of course uh, barinda he couldn't stand 1930 he went away he couldn't uh, accept the mother there are instances where people were asked that if you cannot and i don't want to name because they are uh, well known but shirobindo went on to say if you cannot accept the mother it's better that you go away to that extent he has said if you cannot accept the mother it is better that you go away so this is the great importance in the sense sadhana is impossible without the mother and shobindo says that the mother is the beginning the mother is the path the mother is the goal everywhere if you remain open to the mother psychically open of course all that is necessary for the sadhana will be done for you the mother is the destination the mother is the path all this several places such beautiful things even when he put that one single golden rule of the ashram for all of us actually because people wanted rules regulations we can't we don't know how to govern life without rules and regulations and the ashram that way is a very unique society <laughs> or the community there are no such rules nobody tells us what you should eat what you should wear what time you should sit and meditate whether you should offer this agarbatti that flower nobody tells so people wonder what is the rule tell me one rule should i meditate at this point of time on the heart chakra or head chakra none of these and yet it's growing and people are moving forward on the path of yoga so when shobindo was asked tell us one rule at least how can we we are lawless people how can we live without rules every yoga patanjali yog sutra has yama niyama and all those things it's a different matter that even practicing one yama or niyama is lifetime sadhana you can never go further all those who are lovers of patanjali yog sutra i just ask them tell me one yama or niyama which you have practiced throughout life but here what is the rule he gave it's known as the golden rule of the ashram not of the ashram for all of us but that time there was only this small little community always behave as if the mother is looking at you always behave as if the mother is looking at you for indeed she is always present and then we know a volley of questions that people ask her bindu what do you mean and then he answered them systematically then one of the one single book people often ask so many books of shirbindu and the mother which one should we read as they say one shop stopper that is the mother all through we see the mother how to turn to the mother how to worship the mother how to worship the mother we all are born and brought up at least most of us i think in the tradition of worship how do we worship we worship it by some flowers some mantras some agarbatti <laughs> on uh, dipavali some people do kali puja and after doing kali puja they go on to play cards and after durga puja they go to the stalls of mahisasur which is all around music of mahisasur everything is but durga puja but how to worship the mother how beautifully recount these four aspects of the divine mother everywhere we will see them universally maheshwari how to worship maheshwari well try to be wide calm impersonal high above the thinking mind full of compassion these these are her qualities she likes that when uh, mother was asked that um, 
mother uh, what about this worship through flowers and all there is a little story when uh, i think it was uh, jaya devi she is known it seems she was yashoda mai in her past life shri krishna's uh, foster mother and uh, she on the, because she was from bengal i think 1928 she wanted to do durga puja and she asked shobindra and the mother would you consent i want to do as shiva and durga so shobindra said yes so she did with all that alta and everything she did next year she asked again so now mother said <laughs> shobindra is perfect gentleman he would have probably continued mother says do you really think that any divine being likes it imagine to make somebody sit and do all that and imagine the divine being is getting very pleased oh so nice no when the divine sees an act of kindness generosity sincerity this is what the divine sees true love will for harmony care for beauty beauty of thoughts feelings compassion in the heart straight forwardness inner strength heroism courage the spirit of sacrifice perfection in every detail of life this is what the divine beings notice it's a universal worship what a landscape he has given us I remember one of the uh, small little incidents in air force days on the way my scooter had got those days scooter nowadays i don't know what has happened it doesn't get puncture <laughs> god that joke <laughs> but you know puncture ho jayega ko pata nahi so <laughs> something happened and uh, fortunately a prab scooter knew that or mother's planning to give an experience so the <laughs> scooter stopped just near a shop a uh, repair shop and it wasn't a puncture otherwise puncture you can start imagining so the man came and he was playing with his instruments when he was doing things trust me that day i felt i had an experience of maha saraswati working through this boy young boy i still remember that image one of those images of all the things this is a significant image of my life when the scooter stopped and this young lad comes out and he says what is the problem then he starts wielding his uh what is that called and the, you know through which you open the nut bolt spanner and the way he was doing it was like magician's fingers and i was so much uh, overpowered by that image i was thinking it is saraswati uh, ma saraswati's uh, one of the <laughs> instruments that when he finished i was still in that state of daze and he says okay it was so soon so i said done he said done so i don't remember how much but whatever he asked i gave him four times more because i felt this boy became instrumental to give me a glimpse of what is it to worship mahasaraswati so he has made this universalized how do we worship mahakali okay we can do all those things that's a different matter it, if it pleases the heart but it doesn't necessarily please the god the deity how is kali pleased the impulses that are straight forward frank and where do we practice the real frankness in front of mother i understand that nobody understands truth even if one is ready to speak about it very few will understand it but to the divine mother we should be completely frank mother says that if you are frank and sincere i can help you but when we are insincere and insincerity starts with mental honesty to see oneself as one is in the different parts of the being since we are at this small little word sincerity because yesterday only someone said if i am honest and sincere i'll go through i said it's a very big word normally we mean by sincerity that whatever is coming in my frankness as whatever i am feeling i express it if i am angry i express it see how frank i am that's not what is meant by sincerity sincerity is to organize every impulse emotion thought around the highest 
So if this impulse of anger comes expressing it is not frankness and straightforwardness. That any Tom, Dick and Harry will do. Rather one should at that point of time hold it, discover what is the highest state and then to turn that impulse, worship her by offering this. How is Mother Kali pleased? She is Namund Malini. To cut and offer at her feet this head. But instead what we do? There is mother's picture, Shurabindo mightily sitting there and we take out our, flesh out our cards, <laughs> bio cards <laughs> and distribute it. Sounds, it's so silly actually. Imagine they are really present, it's not a picture. And when they are present, just imagine Shurabindo and the mother are sitting here, right there and we Flash out our card and give it to someone. <laughs> right in front of them. So always behave as if the mother is looking at you. Because indeed she is always present. And then he goes on to say, Do nothing. Try to think and feel nothing. That would be unworthy of the divine presence. There are so many instances. She would catch the thoughts. So many instances. People would go and uh, they would have something, oh, I wish mother gave me this, but this is over this particular flower because she is giving some other flowers and when this lady comes in front of the mother, she takes out another tali from below in which those flowers are there waiting for her. Then says, you think that they are over? I have kept them for you. It's a living relation that we have to form with her. And a relation which is universal. Whenever we uh, seek beauty, beauty of expression, first start with us, we are seeking beauty outside and only physically. But when we seek to grow in beauty, there is a prayer of the mother, I would, I love that one of the best prayers, I mean every prayer is wonderful, where she speaks about the law of beauty. And beauty is about form. Of course, beauty is formless, but it expresses through form. How about form of speech? When our speech is not beautiful, when it is ugly, when it is full of words that are harsh, damaging, will Mahalakshmi be happy about it? Ah, my child, well done. She steps back. Very beautifully, Shivinda describes Mahalakshmi. She is not the one who will insist. Kali will throw us out of the way. <laughs> she never insists. She will quietly step back. So people will say, so what happens when she steps back? Love passes away from the heart. And then we are seeking little bit of love here, little bit of love there. When love passes away, joy passes away from the heart. And when joy and love pass away from the heart, the spirit of harmony passes away from a life. And a life is filled with chaos and disorder. And all because we didn't know what is the demand of Mahalakshmi. Beauty and harmony in the thoughts and feelings. Beauty and harmony in every act. That's how we see in Indian culture, even war was turned into an art Look at, you know, the read in Mahabharata, in Ramayana, is, it's so wonderful, you don't know whether they are uh, having a fight or they are play, playing together. <laughs> it's an art. Kalari Pattu, we have also Kalari Gram here. It's an art. Sword fighting, fencing was an art. Dhanurvidya was an art. Because even there, Mahalakshmi, she must be in everything. So beauty and harmony in every act. Every gesture, every posture, beauty and harmony in life and surroundings. And then he says, this is the demand of Mahalakshmi. It's not about plucking a flower and putting it. So we must upgrade. This is a new consciousness, a new age and new forms of worship must come up. Old forms had their usefulness. But usually they could hardly draw the highest they would draw deities on the lesser planes and yet they were permissible at 
some point of time, they still have their utility. Like in Tantra, we have these three forms of puja or three forms of yogis. Those who are still in the stage of the animal kind and do, you know, Bahya puja because that's how we can understand. Those who are the veer, veer bhav. And those who are devakoti, they are able to do it inwardly, subjectively. So to love Mahalakshmi, to worship her and then what happens? Wherever she presses her feet, flow miraculous streams of an entrancing ananda. And these things were there in our culture which we have forgotten. So whenever, as I said, we have to universalize this. When a woman enters, entered the house and I am sure it's there all over India, across board. So, who was coming? Annapurna and Lakshmi, isn't it? And if you misbehave, she could turn Kali and Durga to put you in your right place. She is Annapurna, she is Lakshmi, this is there inbuilt within us. But if we just turn to her and say that, okay, I am worshipping mother and have a picture and do in our dealings in everyday life, just the very opposite. So it's a total change within us that is necessary. Same with Mahasaraswati. What does she doesn't like? She is averse to histrionics, drama. She doesn't like that. Oh mother, I am having this. She will say, <laughs> always complaining, why have you given me this? Why have you given me that? All histrionic and drama. And then what does she do? She not like Mahalakshmi will step back. She will mercilessly, with a divine irony, expose. Something will happen and suddenly all that drama, baji will, all that show and sham will go away and you will stand almost brutally naked. She will show that, look here, don't do this drama, baji. Be sincere, be simple. And then what does she become? A tranquil counsellor and mentor, a friend in our difficulties. A tranquil counsellor and mentor, chasing away with her smile the clouds of gloom that assail the seeker. What will be the sign that she is happy? Depression will be depressed. (laughs) Because the fellow will say, this fellow is not allowing a door of entry. Why? Because Mahasaraswati is chasing it away with a smile. Every time depression comes, he sees Mahasaraswati smiling. Oh my God. After some time, leave you only. Why? Because one is worshipping Mahasaraswati. How? What does Mahasaraswati do? She puts everything in its right place. Rit. Rit Chit. That's why she is also the goddess of knowledge. But detailed knowledge. Mahasaraswati is the goddess of wisdom where she lays down the large lines. But everything in its right place. Everything has its method and process. You can't pick up a guitar and say, well, I know how to do and you just do anything. Everything has its law, process, the sciences, the arts, dealing with human beings, which we have forgotten. These things were there. That's how Indian culture was brought up to this sites. And one of the ways that through this, Shobindo is making us reclaim our own heritage. How people would, I am sorry to, just a little digression. I feel so amused when people say, Oh, Lucknow kya culture? What culture in Lucknow? Adab. I think then we don't know what it was in Indian Sanskriti. A simple act of doing Namaste can be so beautiful. Not high. With that then, yes, Lucknow culture is better than that. But look at the way we, in everything, um, I mean, the language itself, uh, we have forgot, I, I remember as a child, even I grew up a little bit like that. Pitaji, people will laugh, sounds like a movie in the 60s. Pitaji, I am going out, Most of the time, my mother would be there. Mataji, I am Till people started actually laughing. <laughs> Why are you laughing? They call their mummy, Mataji, moms. Now it is even, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's okay, nothing wrong. Your heart should be clear. 
But I'm just saying that what was that kind of thing that you touch the feet, actually touch the feet, take blessings and go. I'm not saying we should come back to that or we can come back to that. I'm just saying that how it was interwoven in the whole culture, everything in its right place. Tools, instruments, go to a woman's kitchen in, in India and you will have a darshan of Mahasaraswati. Even of course the way she organizes the house. One of the things when I went to uh, USA, my first visit, so when I got up in the afternoon or whatever it was, evening by my standards, but afternoon by, by the light outside and all that, and I needed a cup of tea and nobody was around. That's not how we are in India. Somebody would be around to take care. <laughs> so I needed a cup of tea and I went to the kitchen and I figured out and uh, of course the only thing is I didn't know how to switch on the <laughs> gas lighter. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, ultimately my host asked me How did you know where, is, where are things I said because you are an Indian host And I know, know the logic of the Indian woman How she would arrange the kitchen <laughs> Tea and material will be right there it won't, You don't have to go deep and far to look at it Look for it These small little things Everything Where to keep the shoes How to keep So he has universalized And then of course this is still the preliminary. How to come in contact with her, how to open to her. So Shubhindu tells us three things we must have. First of all, we are in front of the infinite consciousness. So we must have consciousness. Unconsciousness will not do. And how the mother would change her, how she would respond. This consciousness, consciousness in everything. Why we are doing what we are doing. There are people to whom mother said, someone uh, asked the mother, mother I have got an invitation to go abroad for something, uh, shall I go or not? And mother asked, what do you want? He said, mother, I don't want to go. Whatever you tell me, I don't want to go. Mother said, oh, really you don't want to go? See, this is called merciless mother, ma, or at least conscious parts, I don't know. <laughs> the kind and gracious mother said, okay, you go. See, anyway, somebody will go. It is better that my child goes and represents. So this is how she wants us to be conscious. We know how one Samal Kiran, uh, he is standing uh, mother's Chariot It has a lovely number Pondicherry 1012 so I always say what a car number it is 1012 Now I don't want to start a lecture on that <laughs> But think about it huh? Our car number The car that mother used to use And uh, Amalda is standing in his style With his right leg On the bonnet behind uh, not bonnet, but uh, oh, yeah, below the bonnet there is that and you were standing behind mother comes and gives him a nice slap. What mother, what did I do? Can you be unconscious on the battlefield? Oh. What is this unconsciousness? This not just car, even a material object should be treated with respect. She says, when you don't treat, uh, treat material objects with respect, it is a sign of unconsciousness. Why? Because Nityo Nityanam Chetanas Chetananam. There is consciousness in everything. So, very often we all do that. Pull the chair, push it. Simple act of poor fellow, if he could complain, he will say, I'll see you when I am reborn as a human being. I'm just joking. <laughs> so, to treat things with that kind of respect. Because there is consciousness in them. So this is how she would like us to deal. Consciousness. Second is plasticity. What the mother wants, how she wants us to be. So we have this story of Rishabh Chanji, Jain. And he came and said, Mother, whatever work you give me, I'll do. And first assignment, he was in furniture department, that uh, kill the bugs which are in the cot. Kill. I am a Jan. So he had written a letter of gratitude to mother that tomorrow he will send, you gave me service. 
he kept that letter on the side. Eh? He wrote to Shirobindo. He wrote to Shirobindo that I think mother does not know my Jain background. <laughs> Shirobindo's reply: Whatever work the mother gives you, do it. That is the path to progress. So he says, now I have no choice. So just imagine how she'll break these formations. When we have to obey the divine, plasticity is important. Rigidity won't do. Today she may put me here. Tomorrow she may put me elsewhere. Can't complain, grumble, grudge. Because the real thing is, this inner flame, its journey, its progress. No chair, position determines that. It's my inner state. Inner connect with the mother. So plasticity. And third is surrender. And surrender implies obedience. Surrender implies that my life now belongs to you. Do with it what you want to do with it. I may be a monkey, but make me your monkey. You know what happened? When God takes a monkey, he becomes Hanuman. All the others went abroad and here and there in search of Sita. And they couldn't find, so they didn't come back. So they declared there is no God. But the monkeys who went and discovered Sita, they came back and evolved into human beings. I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> this is extension of Ramayana. The unsaid stories of Ramayana. <laughs> so we become her monkey. What way she wants us to dance? Pavitrada, when once he asked, see these are random things, they are not random. Pavitra, can you show me uh, do you remember how tiptoe dance is done? Heard about yogis doing a tiptoe dance? And he started. He showed how tiptoe dance is done. This is called surrender. I am not saying doing tiptoe dance is equal to surrender. <laughs> it's not a ritual, tiptoe ritual every day morning. Oh, I am surrendering to. But if she commands, if she says, keep quiet, sit, sit and keep quiet. If she says, speak, speak. No mental conceptions here. There are so many people who have so many conceptions. One should do this, don't do this, do that, don't do that. People used to ask me also, Alokda is speaking. I said, see, I don't know all these complicated things. I know this, that she has given me this to speak, so I am speaking. I don't think speaking is a big thing. It's like any other thing. If she sends me tomorrow somewhere else, I will do that. So whatever she commands, each one in his own way, she will give something. It's not about the thing being big or small, but surrender. So this surrender sounds very easy, but it's very difficult. It means to accept her will. To start with, it's an acceptance. It may not be directly her will. It may seem like it's not mother's will. I'm a very nice person. This person is misbehaving with me. I'll teach him a lesson. I'll pray to mother. I'll invoke mother Kali for this person. Kali will come first and dance over our head. Oh, you had ill will? First I'll sort you out. <laughs> then I'll see. We have to learn to accept. That's how equanimity develops. That whatever has come, we accept. And then we pray and aspire. And then she will shift things outer inwardly. So these are the things and of course, all our day, all our life should become, Shubhinda says a very beautiful uh, line in Durga Stroth. May all our life become a ceaseless worship of the Divine Mother. What a marvelous line. May we never discard thee. And he gives us the secret. How to tie her with us. With the cord of faith and devotion. Shraddha Bhakti. And faith implies Kalyana Shraddha. Even if the world around me breaks like a bubble. All that I cherished is snatched away. Shraddha says, mother knows best. What is bhakti? Bhakti is to take joy in the Lord. That is bhakti. Bhakti is not just doing kirtan and waiting. Oh, this is getting too stretched out. When is it the time going to come? Bhakti is wherever God's name is being taken, one takes joy. 
Hanuman, that's how they say that if you wake, get up from your puja, he is likely to sit there. So this, we, we used to taught, when you are sitting and doing puja, don't get up in between and go. Hanuman will occupy your seat because he is around. Bhakti, bhakti is to, it comes from the truth, bhaj, ten etak ten bhunjita, to take joy in the Lord. So when we take joy in the Divine Mother, whether it be her photograph, of course her presence is there in her photograph. To just look at her photographs is yoga. Show me those words. He says, yes, something of her presence is always there in a photograph. What a gift she has given to us. Going within may be difficult, but looking at the photograph is so easy. Whether it be blessing packet, books, she was asked directly, how to open to the mother? Because Shobindo has said, open to the mother. How do I open? Several places she has said several things. One is like a flower, just we can imagine that we are opening up. Even a wilted flower will open at her touch. And the example of that sadhika who went with a wilted flower and gave it to mother. Mother, I am sorry but it wilted. I, have, I mean, That's the only one I could lay hand on. Mother held in her hands, kept caressing the flower while she is talking to this sadhika and it begins to bloom little by little. It's like that. Just to open. By offering we open. By reading her books we open to the mother. By taking her name we open to the mother. So, so many ways she has given us to open to her. And what is this ceaseless worship? This what we I was referring to. That while of course the ashram is her hub, but she is everywhere, in everyone, in everything. We have to reach that point that we discover her and it is such a joy and marvelous thing that oh you discover in the darkest of situations to live that mother is there hidden behind this cloud of darkness and we begin to live life like that all life becomes a worship an adoration a song a hymn offered at her feet to be grateful to to her for everything for all the ordeals as the mother says when you are grateful for the ordeals they turn into a grace so normally we think grace only means things will be very fine and smooth but grace also means progress. Mother's words. So while we turn to her when we are in difficulty for healing and everything, but to remember that sometimes when appearances are totally contrary, then perhaps she is nearest and closest because she wants us to progress, because she loves us, she cares for us. And if we can above all lead our life according to what her will is in us, then we are truly opening to her to live life according to her will, not according to my will. And to know her will at one level is very easy, at another level very difficult. Very easy because that will is not in a book, fortunately. We don't have to read through the books. Oh, what should I do in this situation? Pocket book of guidance. (laughs) Shubhinda at one place says, uh, with a touch of humor, a rule book of life <laughs> laughs at it because yoga unfolds in real time. But there is another book, the Veda in the heart. And if we can be quiet, free from preferences, we'll feel that will inside, like an inspiration, like a little gentle nudge. And that will doesn't impose itself by force. It's not like waiting to hear the voice of God who will suddenly thunder because God must thunder very sweetly, very gently. But she doesn't abandon us. Whatever direction we take, ultimately she is with us. So to lead life according to her will, to turn every act into a service of the Divine Mother, cooking, sweeping, speaking, listening, arranging the flowers, arranging the room, Here, there, everywhere should become a ceaseless, an act of service and an act of worship to her. And most importantly, whenever we get a little time, then we would like to have a special contact. See, whom does the... Just closing in two more minutes, I know it's time. 
see there is a person working in a company whom does the owner of the company love most i am talking of a good owner worth his name somebody who keeps flattering him or somebody who is doing the work well invariably the answer is obvious when we do our work whatever is given to us as puja as sadhana this is something we have forgotten sadhana means for us to take a retreat and enter into meditation and go above the head and but when we live life that way that every act is sacred then it becomes so wonderful so to live according to her will is yoga and for that the quieter we become the more calm peaceful in a state of equanimity without preferences without desire they will come all this is a process of the yoga said in one line but it takes long but that's the direction we have to move mother i don't want to lead my life according to my desires and planning i have something i am putting it at your feet but according to your planning your will your wish your desire when we insist things must be this way we are not on the path when we do our bit and wait for her to unfold and the sign of that that we are in contact with her with which we can close there will always be a state of inner peace and felicity what else will the divine touch bring us all restlessness anger agitation is a sign that whatever we may be doing sitting in meditation for 2 hours we are still curled around the ego and our contact with the mother means growth of bhakti growth of faith growth of surrender and with that comes peace tranquility inner joy urge to serve her more and more and to feel a presence everywhere that is the what shall i say not just contact but living in her living presence ever living presence okay thank you so much um and